Hello all you seekers, explorers and rule breakers out there. Welcome to another episode of the Alchemy Experience podcast. Today we're talking forgiveness. Forgiveness is uh, one of those challenging things that we have in our lives and uh, we're never really taught how to actually do it. We're taught to say sorry and we're taught to uh, uh, show that we are sorry and uh, perhaps also to uh, accept someone's uh, quote-unquote plead for forgiveness. But is that really what forgiveness is about? Well, during this uh, discussion you'll find out my view on forgiveness and what it means to me, but also uh, other people's take on it and uh, how other people have uh, used forgiveness as a healing tool in their lives and uh, if you enjoyed the discussion and feel that you would like to explore this topic further and more in a uh, one-to-one kind of environment you're very welcome to contact me at uh, thealchemyexperience.co.uk or you can contact me via email christopher at thealchemyexperience.co.uk to uh, have a chat for half an hour or so without any uh, commitments whatsoever and uh, explore how you might want to go into this further in a uh, more of a formal coaching environment so anyway without further ado here is uh, the discussion on forgiveness so everybody thank you for joining us and thank you for bringing your best energies and uh, creating this collective energy together it's going to be a beautiful session where we're talking about forgiveness Uh, so i always like to start with a bit of a quote and who else to quote on forgiveness than uh, uh, Siddhartha Gautama, Gautama, or better known as the Buddha. And this comes from the uh, uh, sayings of the Buddha. Hatred does not cease by hatred, but only by love. This is the eternal rule. So forgiveness is something we do or we don't do. It's binary. You can't say that you've forgiven someone when you haven't well you can but it doesn't have the effect does it now so when do we know that we have forgiven someone and that's one of the points we will bring up in this uh, discussion and this chat and we typically in at least in western society and christian culture if you like you know we have this idea of Uh, well, the Old Testament, you have an eye for an eye, and then the New Testament, you have turn the other cheek. So we we are a little bit schizophrenic in our approach and our idea of forgiveness. It's not quite clear to us all what forgiveness is and how to actually apply it. So it is a topic, mindfulness topic, that is very close to my heart. because so many times I've heard people say, oh, I forgive you, whereas they still hold on to that, all of those emotions. Um, Because we grow up with our parents saying, say you're sorry if you do something wrong. We get commanded to apologize, but there's no substance behind it. So I've typically told my children that sorry is not in what you say, it's in what you do. And it's... That's a bit of a misnomer as well, because it's not what we do externally that shows that we're sorry. It's what we do internally. So forgiveness is about ourselves, not everybody else. So forgiveness is an internal process that is about you and not about anybody else. And that's one of the key aspects I have found. Um, So, and we also look at, you know, if we look at the prison system, and I think this will be close to your heart, Barbie, uh, you know, we're looking at, it's the the main aspect of the uh, correctional facilities, so the correctional system is punishment. Still today, it's about punishment, not about reform. When, when you can actually engage in reform, then you have a slight understanding of forgiveness. When you're fully engaged in punishment, 
then there is no element of forgiveness. So why would the person change? And the, the idea of uh, the internal process and the individual process of forgiveness is also about showing up as a role model to others. Because once you embody that aspect of forgiveness within yourself, that will shine through in your energy and the way that you engage with others. And the person that you have forgiven will then understand, oh, this person has forgiven me. You don't even need to say anything because it shows up in the way that your energy shows up. Good morning. Um, I think one of the areas that is so messy and, and um, just, just difficult to navigate when it comes to forgiveness is forgiveness requires boundaries. And those boundaries, um, like a friend of mine, Molly says, is she uses intimacy circles. And so if you've done something and, and that needs some forgiveness, then you, you may move inward or outward in her intimacy circles. You may be someone who is allowed over to her house, but something occurs. She may move you outside of that. She may meet you somewhere else or at a different place and have a little bit of distance and allow that person's actions to um, dictate whether or not those intimacy circles change. And I thought that was a really good approach to dealing with forgiveness, um, that it's a tool that we're not taught and that nobody really discusses. Is that something you've utilized? Uh, I think from my point of view, and I'm, I'm, I actually had boundaries as the, uh, the last point on my uh, uh, cheat sheet here, but uh, we can talk about it now. Um, yes, boundaries are super important to understand forgiveness because if you forgive without boundaries, then you need to forgive over and over and over again for the same thing because people keep just running you over. So the boundaries are uh, very important, but if you set boundaries that are not compassionate, then you are creating the cause of other, other people having to forgive you. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's what I liked about her approach was intimacy circles where it isn't, you What's know, the, I, I the realize... movie, uh, uh, meet the fuckers, you know, being <laughs> in, in the circle, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you're outside the circle. And yes, the, I mean, you have, when, when you exercise those boundaries, you have three choices. You have the choice to stay, leave, or change. So you can ask someone to, uh, or you can then, uh, choose to stay with someone and someone's energy or you can choose to leave someone's energy or you can change and obviously that changes within you not some anybody else because you can't force someone else to change you can ask someone to change and if they don't you can leave so i think the the idea of the intimacy circle is is good but if you have someone that keeps pushing against it then that could be uh, uh, crossing those boundaries as well. So if there is a slight challenge in that. But if you can manage that, I think that's a beautiful way of doing it. Barbie, you had your hand up? Yeah, what you were referring to with uh, my experience was the documentary that I did with uh, Freedom to Choose at the Maximum Security Prison. And the thing that was so, um, our premise there was based on Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, and we focused on the idea that these were divine beings having a prison experience mm -hmm. um, because somehow they had also internalized that they deserved to be punished. So it wasn't just that they were punished, it was that they deserved it. And one thing that was really surprising is to find out that a lot of the people who ended up becoming institutionalized, they would go outside and they were too overwhelmed by the outside world. So they would recommit crimes, <clears throat> excuse me, specifically so that they could go back in and have their, their lives managed. And what I think is important is that when you put a label on a person and you say, you're bad, and we're never gonna allow you to redeem yourself from that, what's the incentive to be able to do anything different? Kind of like what you were saying of where you say you're sorry to a kid, but it doesn't really mean anything. They can just keep doing it because they said they were sorry. It doesn't have anything behind it. And so to me, I see a lot of the problem is the recidivism of people that go back to reoffend because there's no support system to say, 
we have forgiven you by you having served your debt to society. We have forgiven you. And now we're going to go help you find a job. And now we're going to go help you to support you to be able to see what we can do to be able to make your life better. So that forgiveness basically is not offered because like in my country, felons aren't allowed to get a lot of jobs. They're completely excluded from them. So in mm -hmm. many ways they figure why bother? So I think the forgiveness part is that even like what you were referring to in the Bible, you've got the radical forgiveness of Jesus Christ who forgave prostitutes and thieves and all sorts of people because he saw that it was their behavior that they were doing as opposed to the human being. So you can be, you can forgive people's behavior and then also still love them for who they are. And I think in a lot of ways that sets you free. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the, it goes back to the discussion we've had about judgment and uh, the, um having compassion it's the you you still love the pure essence of the person and you forgive the behaviors that that the layers or the mask or the 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 character that is presented in projected into society it's that you forgive but just because you forgive something doesn't mean that you need to continue to be engaged with it and to be uh, beholden to it so you can forgive someone and then leave or you can forgive someone and you can change your mindset about that person and stay in that relationship or whatever it may be but the key here is really to disconnect the attachment to the experience so forgiveness is about the experience and the the uh, meaning that we have attached to the experience and also the the emotions that are surrounding the the experience so if someone comes up to you and say i forgive you and then they start going into all the but statements or they start you know crying hysterically because you hurt me so much but i forgive you that's not forgiveness that is just saying you know trying to find a way to start tearing it up with you again if they can come up and say you know what what you gave me was a wonderful lesson and the experience we had together was great in terms of me getting a lesson that i can bring with me forward and i hold no ill will and I attach no emotions to that experience any longer that's forgiveness so yeah the what we also find is that when we when we are in the in the process or before forgiving we find that a part of us is stuck in that experience so we are in the present not whole as uh, as the individual that as the the experiencer in that in the present moment because a part of us is stuck in the past in that experience that we have yet to forgive now once we achieve forgiveness we pull that element back into our existence and we can feel whole again so this is why i say that forgiveness is all about you and nobody else because it's about you allowing yourself to pull yourself back together because when you forgive, it feels so good. It's such a relief when you achieve that experience. And it just, it's, you know, people do describe it as weights being lifted off your shoulders. So now, how can people, and we, we talked about uh, Viktor Frankl here before, and there, there's so many examples of Holocaust survivors that have forgiven the perpetrators. Uh, we have people from, obviously, war-torn situations that do the same, uh, rape or uh, victims of violence, etc., that forgive their perpetrators. Now, what is it about these people that make uh, that they are able to forgive and what is the challenge for people that aren't able to forgive to forgive yeah what i was going to share with that is 
this book that I'm reading right now, it's called Radical Forgiveness. And it it's taking things from the approach of everything that happens is happening for us and in the experience that we are needing to, to have at that time. So regardless of what it is or how difficult it is, there's always something in it for our, our growth and our lessons. And so with that in mind, I think the, the ones who are able to forgive, they're, they're coming at it perhaps with that sort of approach in mind that there's a lesson in it for them, uh, that they, they see themselves as perfectly imperfect as well and recognize that everybody else is. And the, the ones who aren't able to forgive, I think it's also coming from a place of perhaps something within themselves that they're not able to forgive because we're all totally imperfect. Do you think it's uh, part of the process is if we're finding ourselves unable to forgive that it might be something within our own uh, self that we find hard to forgive. So we, yes. we, we, inco we incorporate or we embody elements of what the person, the perpetrator has done within ourselves that we can't forgive ourselves for. That's what I think. Yeah. And, okay. and also I think there's an ego part in there where so you, you feel that somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong. Yeah. Why can't it just be? Why can't it be what it is? An acceptance of what is. So it's also, I think, the resistance to the flow of life with things happening when there's not forgiveness. I don't yeah. know if I'm explaining that properly. Uh, no, absolutely. And I think that goes back to the, uh, the idea that uh, truth is a paradox. And once you understand that, you can also understand the perspective of other, other people. Um, because there is no absolute truth. Not, at least not in this dimension, you know, where we, we're having our human experiences. Now, yeah. there might be other places <laughs> dimensions etc where where such uh, follies exist but uh, i haven't encountered them well i may have but i can't remember encountering <laughs> them anyway so so the so i think the 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 idea that someone has to be right and somebody has to be wrong we we are still looking at things from the uh, external experiencing uh, perspective so yes. that we are looking at things from uh, from us outside as opposed to looking at ourselves inside and exactly. uh, our, our kind of participation in the universe as it were mm. i love the way you put that carol thank you very much um it's just a kind of reflection on the conversation that you had with uh, brenda and earlier on with, with barbie and i love again i love the conversation and i love the subject um and i think when it comes to forgiveness it's not something that you can really aim for it is something that can just happen or unfold because every time that you are trying to forgive that's you know, it's something that you are striving for. And if you are striving for, and if you are not achieving it, then it creates a little bit more of suffering. It creates a more dissociation or samsara. So if you are truly hurt by someone, you can't really force yourself to forgive. The only one way to go through those emotions is just to look at them, stare the trauma in the eyes, for how long, you know, whether it takes months, years, just look at this. And what you, you know, what you resist persists. So once you are kind of adopted or adjusted to pain, then at some point it will go away and then it will give you that freedom to truly forgive. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think the cases where people try to force themselves to forgive are the cases where they come and they tell you they've forgiven you. Meanwhile, 
giving all the butt statements and you know expressing themselves emotionally uh, with connection to the experience um, so I mean from in my experience and I spoke with a client this morning about this and this is where I've come up with uh, devised the 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 process of uh, compassion acceptance forgiveness and gratitude because once you have compassion for an experience and you accept it then you're able to release all the the quote-unquote ego uh, attachments to the experience or the the outcomes of the experience and you can reframe it and then you are you are, you are able to forgive and uh, we had a question here uh, how do we forgive and let go and that's I would turn that around and say, once you forgive, you can't hold on. So once you've forgiven, you automatically let go. You can't hold on. So it's it's when you when you've let in, uh, let go that you actually forgive. Barbie, I think a lot of it is also the, and I saw this Susan David um, TED talk yesterday on emotional courage. She was totally speaking my language because I think a lot of a lot of things in regards to forgiveness are superficial because we make nice. We're just gonna make nice with people like, oh, let's just shake hands and, oh, it's okay. It's okay that you screwed me over. I'm, okay. I'm so okay with it. That's fine, yeah, no problem, it's okay. But then they continue to do it over and over and over and you continue to allow that behavior. So I think a lot of it is really not necessarily focusing on the being nice and really having those courageous conversations of where you really speak truth to power of state. You know what? And this moment you violated my boundary and I just really need to let you know that. And then that person can have the opportunity to be able to respond or not respond. But it's like the other part too, is that a lot of times forgiveness is in the meaning that we ascribe to other people's behavior, because a lot of times we think that other people's behavior is intentional, that they intentionally went out to hurt us directly and deliberately. But the reality is a lot of times they didn't. So that forgiveness has to come back to looking at our own our own emotions and our own responsibility with that. And even like, you know, as adults, a lot of us have unresolved childhood issues. A lot of us are still in our two-year-old, as Dr. Shafali talks about, we're in our 12-year-old. We're still, you know, managing all of these emotions from when we were younger. And so it's okay to have those, you know, little girl moments of where you feel insecure or you feel this, or little boy moments of where you feel like, you know, oh, I'm not supposed to feel this way, but I'm gonna feel it anyway. And from that perspective, that's the radical forgiveness of where you just feel the emotions, you let them go along, you inter engage with other people, but you don't have to like literally ingest it. You don't have to have it live in your body because it just basically by being able to have courageous conversations, it never has to reside in anybody's body because once it's spoken, it's dissipated and, and it disappears. Absolutely, and I think you, it's important to approach that with the four agreements as well, where you have the ability to uh, not not take anything personally. So you don't have that, you don't expect to understand the motive of someone's uh, actions. And you, you don't assume you know anybody's story. Um, and that way you can kind of look at people with a blank slate and it's easier to engage with that level of forgiveness and that uh, courageous uh, conversation. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to go uh, Glenn, Alessandro, and then Carol. So go ahead, Glenn. Yeah. I think one of the things that's difficult when it comes to the letting go is your ego. You know, that's a, that's a large part of the battle when it comes to forgiveness is your ego has been bruised. You feel slighted, you feel taken advantage of. And, Navigating that is is where a lot of stumbling blocks happen and letting go becomes really difficult. Um, nobody really explains to us that forgiveness takes a lot of courage and bravery. And it wasn't it Mahatma Gandhi who said, forgiveness is for the strong, the weak never forgive. Mm -hmm. And in a book called uh, The Untethered Soul, um, Michael Singer flatly states that the price of freedom is pain. And that's where a lot of unforgiveness lays is in that pain and that, you know, we've been wounded, our ego may have been wounded. And Michael Singer really helped me out with this forgiveness issue in, in just explaining that processing the pain is like processing any other energy that you go through. And just like any fable you read, the, the dragon we need to slay is 
usually something in the lines of forgiveness. It's one of those beasts that we need to be prepared to face and um, face into the pain. And once you process it and let that stuff go and, and really feel the hurt and, and also be objective, like you're saying, Christopher, about looking at it objectively. Did I learn something here? What was the lesson? Can I move forward from this? And not getting hung up and wishing the other person wasn't the way they are, I think is a lot of the sticky widgets that come along with forgiveness and makes it a difficult path to, to tread. Well, it's the acceptance, um, accepting people for who they are and that, that they are on their path of learning and growing. Um, but yeah, forgiveness is such a powerful tool to grow, uh, to allow yourself to grow, definitely. Alessandra. Uh, thank you. That was uh, two great uh, takes. Um, thank you for, for those two things. And thanks for letting me have the floor to speak. Absolutely. Um, I think if more people studied NLP, maybe, and um, performance psychology, they'd understand that everyone's always acting from a good intention. Um, and that's the ultimate truth of everyone. Um, even when they are doing a quote unquote bad thing, uh, they're doing it maybe to to shift the poison out of their of their body and, and try and manifest that into an actual life action that they can then see you know oh that wasn't so great from me you know I, you know now I can act on it um, and you know if I was I'm doing the Neil Walsh course on Mind Valley and he's talking about asking for forgiveness can be seen as an arrogance from from you you know to see that you need to be forgived for what you've done as if what you're doing is not perfect for you right now. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, something I'm, I love to say to people, even at the time, it's probably harder when you're working with clients, you have to be a little bit softer, have more compassion, as you're saying, um, everything they're doing is for their greater good. So, so I just add that. And absolutely. I, I think the, a lot of people mistake compassion for meekness. Compassion can be quite forceful if that's the compassionate way to go about it. If someone needs to be knocked out of their, uh, their tracks, if you like, you can do that in a compassionate way, absolutely. So uh, I think the see compassion as doing the, uh, what you need to do for the highest good of that person, right? Uh, let's see, Carol, you wanted to have the floor. Thank you, Christopher. So uh, again, uh, one point that um, what Barbie said, it really kind of resonated with me and um, I would just like to raise that one point. Uh, so absolutely when it comes to forgiveness, the, um, the boundaries are essentials, very, very essential. So I had um, you know, my old friend is the person that, you know, um, I, I don't think that he has very good intentions towards me. And I would say that he kind of screwed me over. And I had a lot of hurt feelings and I had a lot of, you know, bad intentions towards him. And I realized that this is not the way to live my life. Um, so I spent a lot of time looking into those emotions and working on those emotions to the point that several months ago, I was just able to let it go. and. I don't want to have that person in my close proximity. I don't want to have that person, his energy close to me. I don't want to be connected to that person, but I'm able to say, I wish him all the best. May he be happy. May he be free from suffering. I use his as my mindfulness and meta loving kindness meditation. I visualize him, you know, as when we were teenagers, when he's laughing, because he's got a lot of demons and I don't need to add you know suffering to him i want all the best for him i just don't want his energy close to me that that's it so and i think this is this kind of good demonstration of the boundaries that i i want all the best for him but i just i want him to stay clear from me at the same time and that's a bit of the conundrum isn't it when we don't forgive we actually hold on to the person we want to distance ourselves from because part of ourselves is left with that person in that experience that we had. Uh, so forgiveness becomes uh, an absolutely essential part of releasing a, that person from our sphere of 
our influence or our sphere of energy and in, uh, allowing us to move on, right? So it, it's absolutely essential that we do practice forgiveness. Um, and, but it is challenging. So one thing that I don't think we really touched on, but I took a note of, one of the challenges is that we want to show that we're still angry. We want to show how much we hurt. We have this idea that once we forgive, then the other person won't know how much we're hurting. So we, we keep hold on to it because we need to show how much it hurts, how angry we are. And the length of time that we hold on to it is becomes the kind of uh, measurement of how bad the infraction was, right? But the problem is, of course, that we, we inflict that hurt on ourselves, not on the person that we're actually <laughs> seemingly punishing by being angry and not uh, uh, forgiving. Let's see, Diana, go ahead. Yeah, I, that's, that's a good point. And it actually, to me, relates to the comment made at the very beginning of this about circles of intimacy. Uh, one of the things I learned long ago when I was very much younger dating is that it's okay for me to mourn the thought of the relationship I thought I was in or who the person that I was with, what I thought. But I don't need to hold on to the reality of A, the relationship, B, the person, that I can uh, let that go because that isn't working for me. It's not a good situation. And I can use the picture of what I thought I was doing, who I thought I was with, to do better next time. In other words, it both helps me set goals as well as let me release the other person and not hold on to that. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it certainly does. And uh, I think it helps to also understand that all the relationships we have, you know, our careers, every part of the, or every element of the experiences that we have are all impermanent. They're all fleeting. So the, the only part of uh, that is constant is the actual experience and once we accept that we can accept we can look at all the elements around the experience and say okay why were all these elements put together and we can start looking at what is the lesson here because every experience has a lesson every experience has a gift for us and once we dig out that gift that also becomes then integral into the uh, forgiveness process because then we can show gratitude to the process we can show gratitude to the experience and if that person hadn't been there to perpetrate whatever per they perpetrated against us then we wouldn't have had that lesson and we wouldn't have had that gift to bring forward exactly and actually that what's the lesson here is probably the first question I ask myself with an when anything in my life happens that I'm not liking. It's there, there's something much like you started out by talking about all forgiveness is forgiveness of yourself. It's like all of the negative stuff or perceived negative stuff that comes in your life. You know what? In many ways, vision talks about this. It, they're gifts. There's opportunities to learn and get better in that area. Mm -hmm. And um, I used an example of romantic relationships, but, but Christopher, you're absolutely right. It doesn't matter if they're business relationships, friend relationships. Uh, some of them are trickier. If someone's uh, a member of your larger circle of friends, what you may do is move them out of intimate friendship, you know, a very close friend to an acquaintance or somewhere in between based on your sense of uh, where exactly they fit into your life based on what you know now versus what you thought you knew. No, absolutely. And uh, before I go to you, Glenn, uh, in, in that respect, I want you to also consider that it doesn't have to be in relationships. It could be your relationship with the experience in itself. Now, say, for example, you go base jumping. 
and the parachute fails and you break your back and you end up in a wheelchair. Now, obviously you are the, you are the victim and the perpetrator all in the same, uh, same time, right? So now you are in a position where you have to deal with yourself as the perpetrator and you have to exercise forgiveness against yourself and understand the, the lessons and the gifts that you have given yourself because of the choices that you make. Um, and this is, uh, if you go back and listen to the, uh, uh, the, some of the podcasts, you know, choice is a superpower, but that superpower then comes with the responsibility of being accountable for your, your own uh, actions and your choices in terms of words, thoughts, and actions, because those are the things that you can control, right? So that becomes, that goes then into the uh, next phase of this, and I'll come to that in a second, but you had your hand up, Glenn, so go ahead. I really appreciate um, the comment about mourning the person that was, that you thought they were, and, and really giving yourself permission to process that is really vital. And like you were saying, Christopher, you know, transformation will always come to a crossroads where you have to take a look at yourself objectively with compassion and do some forgiveness for decisions or things that you did. And we need to take a different approach to our mistakes and our misdeeds because nobody gets through life without making mistakes. That's just the deal. There's no way around that part of it. And for me, forgiveness took a different um, turn when I needed it. When I I was just so exhausted carrying around uh, some stuff that I, I needed it. I needed to get, get it off my chest. I didn't want to carry it around. It was exhausting. It was kind of like chronic pain. It's just always wicking away energy. And that led me on a path to learning how to receive forgiveness. And when, once you really get to that point where you receive it and it's just so humbling and so, oh man, it just breaks you down to your most basic component as a human being and receiving it fully really, really put a different spin on forgiveness for me. The aspect you were saying they were breaking down to the bare essence, all of these processes, all, all of these practices, uh, practices we have are in my mind about breaking you down, not breaking you down, but to bringing you into alignment with your pure essence. I firmly believe that one of the, the purposes that we all have in this life and in any life is to bring the pure essence of you into physical manifestation and into alignment with uh, your physical experience. Um, you know, and when that happens, that's when you reach, that's when you can say that you found your Buddha nature or your Christ consciousness or whatever it may be. So. Well, and I think that the, for me anyway, that the lack of compassion and, and forgiveness for self really led to a lot of self-sabotage. And that's where I was getting tired and exhausted from, you know, these repetitive experiences. And one of the issues or one of the things that came to mind was Walt Whitman really loved animals because they don't lay awake at night and weep for their sins. You know, they move on, they have that ability to keep moving forward. And you know, we have that ability to torture ourselves and hang on to things for decades. And, uh, you know, I think that's really tragic. And I think that's what we're looking for when it comes to forgiveness is freedom, that ability to breathe, to, to feel like you could fly again and not need to feel ashamed or embarrassed or have imposter syndrome. If you add to animals, children also have that ability because they don't Absolutely. have, they haven't beladen themselves with the uh, programming and the rules and the the experiences that we as adults have so children you you can see your siblings fighting tooth and nail looking like they're going to kill each other and 10 minutes later they're just playing peacefully on the floor because it it was an experience they had together and now they can move on right absolutely so, and uh, you you bring up the point that I was going to move on to, and Barbie, I'll get to you in one second. Uh, but uh, the most important element, or not the most important, but one of the elements of forgiveness that we usually neglect 
and is becomes the final piece is to forgive ourselves and to forgive our own interaction and our own part in any given experience that we have because at the end of the day whether we like it or not the constant in every experience that we have is you right you are always in the experience that you have so whether something is going well or not going well however it may be you are the constant and being able to forgive ourselves is actually in my experience and people I talk to is a higher barrier than to forgive others. Forgive others tend to be easier than to forgiving ourselves. Um, and realizing that any experience that we have, however limited our choices may have been, we always have a choice. So if you, the, you know, if you're a child and you have an experience, you, your choice to perhaps go into that room at that particular time, that choice could have led you to have that experience. And you, that's part of forgiving yourself for that choice. You could have gone into the bathroom instead. You know what I mean? So it's even how minute and how limited your choices are, you always have a choice. So I agree. It's really tough when it comes to yourself because you know who you are. You know who you are. You know your your failings. You know your downfalls. You know your survival tactics. You know how you numb out or whatever it is. And the forgiveness to self really comes to overcoming, for me anyway, came from overcoming my ego, being compassionate, and also stopping the habit of looking back at my younger self with my 2020 eyes now and being judgmental. Yeah. And realizing that in a lot of situations, if I would have known better, I would have done better. If I would have known how to shift my experience to something that brought in love, I would have done that. But a lot of times, you know, not all of us are taught that, or we don't know how to navigate that correctly, or we're afraid. We're afraid of connection. Yes, because it's like Barbie was touching on before with the, uh, uh, the, the courageous conversations. It gets messy. It can... You know, if we don't show up as our authentic selves in that experience of kind of dealing with that, then it gets messy. But if we show up authentically and with good intentions and compassion, then we, will, we can always go in with the trust that we are going to be okay and nothing bad is going to happen. Or, you know, there is nothing bad because it's all just experiences. And we'll be able to take the lessons away from that too. Barbara, I've had, had you wait for a long time, so go ahead. I'm perfectly fine to wait. Um, <laughs> patience is a virtue. You stated that earlier. Um, yeah, I know that, like, to what your point is, Glenn, um, tomorrow I'm actually doing a process with our entrepreneurial group on uh, – the love perspective going back into your own previous incarnations of yourself based on photographs and it's something that i find is really really powerful and with my intuitive life coaching clients it's that whole thing like you're talking about people take a baseball bat to themselves over the choices that they made when they were younger and the stupid things that they did etc cetera, etc cetera. but my my counseling is always okay if that situation happened now would you react the same way? Would you do the same behavior? No, I would never do that. I would never treat that person like this. I would never do that. Okay, fine. Then you broke the pattern. If you know, it's like Oprah says, like, if you know better, you do better. So therefore it's like, if you can literally tell yourself that I would never do that again, these are lessons that are learned. And because we have to have these patterns, if the pattern keeps coming over and over and over and over again, the pattern is not over. But if you literally find yourself at the same crossroads with that decision and you don't do the same thing, then it's, it's completely obliterated. You just exploded it and you never have to go back to that place to judge yourself. And you can forgive yourself 100% for the fact of the version of yourself was just a human being learning to be a, a more conscious individual. I think, I think the, uh, one of the challenges with forgiving ourselves is also that we can't fool ourselves. Yeah. We, we know when that emotion keeps coming up time and time and time again, you know, we know that we haven't forgiven ourselves. Um, and I actually, I've, I've, 
had some very powerful uh, energetic clearings um, over the past couple of days and uh, uh, sitting in meditation this morning and going back to some of the unresolved challenges I have and I they looked very different suddenly they were kind of fading away a little bit and they were just covered in this bright light and that's when I know okay I'm about I'm processing this now i'm i'm on the healing journey here now um and they, they, it's like with these like gold goldy uh, sparks around them and they're just ready to take leave and that's when i know that i can forgive myself when i find myself in that uh, on that journey so i wanted to go back also to diana where you uh, actually glenn you were talking about the morning again let's not forget ourselves it's not only the relationship with others that we might mourn. We might mourn the loss of part of the identity, even if it doesn't serve us any longer. It is something that was part of us and it's now gone, dead uh, and uh, done with. It might be something that we're still holding on to part of it and we mourn that it's no longer with us. And that's something to consider as well. So, it becomes, um, when we look at forgiveness of the elements of an experience, it, be it becomes fractal. So you can zoom into an experience and you will have the same repeating uh, uh, elements of uh, the experience that you need to forgive. And the closer you get, it's, it's like layers that you need to work your way through, right? Glenn, go ahead. You're absolutely right with, uh, we do know ourselves, we do know what's going on internally, and there is no fooling ourselves. And as you're going in, and you're looking at things, and, and when it comes to yourself or myself, a lot of times unforgiveness comes up because you're experiencing something that you so desperately don't want to, and you look back at your past self, and you, you have regret or judgment, and you believe in your heart that had you not made that decision, you know, your experience in the present would be different, not taking into account this lesson might be a lesson you just need to learn and it's okay. And it's just part of growing and changing, but we get so desperate to not feel certain things because we feel like it paints a picture of us that we don't like, or it, it's a judgment on us that we're afraid other people may perceive and having compassion for that and stepping back and is uh is very bold and takes a lot of courage that nobody um nobody informs you about it it's really really intense absolutely and it's that feeling of oh what if i'm found out kind of Ooh, idea, yeah right? good point ego though ego again oh absolutely ego is uh, omnipresent isn't it um and i, I think it's that's an, another important aspect to consider that all of these things that we may need to forgive ourselves for, it's not to dismiss it from our experience, but rather to incorporate it and embody it. Uh, because once we realize that it's part of us and part of our journey, then we have that level of acceptance and we can show compassion to ourselves for having gone through that and have we can show gratitude to uh, if we've done something against someone else, we can uh, show gratitude towards them for showing up as the quote unquote victim to teach us that lesson. Um, and that, you know, obviously, depending on how society sees it in terms of the severity of it, it might be more and more difficult. Uh, and I, I've heard accounts of. Um, past life um, memories or near death experiences where people have gone back and uh, especially Holocaust victims um, that have gone back to the point of uh, before they were born into the, this new life and they are in the presence of the perpetrators and they are grateful to themselves for being the victims and not the the perpetrators they they actually start to show reverence to the perpetrators because they're 
journey as um, the soul's journey is much more difficult than being the victim. So that is one of those aspects that uh, I've seen in the uh, uh, among at least the Holocaust survivors that have done kind of regress back to that. The, that's what they all say. The, being the perpetrator is far more difficult than being the victim in terms of the forgiveness process. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's incredible. <laughs> I, thankfully, I, I'm not going to be uh, uh, in that position to have to deal with that, thankfully. so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of brings us to the, the question of understanding why, you know, why do we forgive? What's the purpose of it? And we've touched on it all the way through. And I think understanding the journey and understanding the experiences uh, is a great part of that. But you want to bring in something to that, Barbie? Um, well, I've worked with Holocaust survivors, um, the 1939 club for over 25 years. And the thing about them is that um, I've shared it before. They're some of the most joyful people you've ever met in your life. They just have twinkle in their eyes, meeting Leon Lason, who was the youngest member of uh, Schindler's List. He used to go and speak to groups of, of teenage kids and they just treated him like a rock star because he was just so full of joy. And and just, you know, these these kids were just listening to him say like, this awful stuff happened to you and you're still happy. And he was like, yeah, I was able to, you know, basically in some ways transmute this experience and forgive them so that I could go on. And, and he ended up, I guess, becoming a teacher in Los Angeles and had a beautiful life. And for a lot of the people, um, some of their revenge was the fact that they went on to have families and they had grandkids and then great grandkids. And, you know, from a genocidal perspective, that was like their victory of like, you know, Hey, woohoo, we procreated, even though you tried to exterminate us. Mm -hmm. um, but I have found too, that because a lot of times I do pass, like, it, it's not that I do past life regression specifically, but it ends up that the session will go in that direction and then I'll get glimpses of it. And what I find is that those lifetimes in world war II, there's so many reincarnated beings right now who are resolving those issues still. Um, which I think is why we have a lot of division still in the current thing. I think it's really a lot of that same energy from World War II. And it takes up so much bandwidth, though, in their psyche. Their soul almost cannot get past it because it was so horrific and so awful. But once it's literally like that one is like almost a, a cork that gets popped out, all these other beautiful lifetimes of who they were in the past come through. And then you're able to see that, you know, it wasn't all bad. And so from that perspective, it then becomes a totally different paradigm shift because then they can forgive the fact that their soul decided to have that experience. I think when you, once you start looking at it from that perspective, that the almost the magnitude of the forgiveness allows you to forgive more things. So if you've experienced something, and you are able to, and it's like something cataclysmic in terms of uh, the experience, and you are able to forgive that, then whatever comes next is going to pale in comparison to that experience. So it's, uh, it becomes easier and easier, right? So we, we, we do, once we practice forgiveness, it becomes easier and easier in my experience anyway. I resonate with that. Um, it, it's a situation where um, one of the books I was reading, one of the hallmarks that this individual felt about forgiveness was that our inability to receive it also perpetuates our inability to forgive. And when you've really taken stock of something and you forgive yourself because you do know everything about yourself and you do know all of your shortcomings, that is a massive flex in my book. That is, gives you so much more ability to navigate life at, from a sense of peace and calm that um, the benefits are just really rarely discussed. And for me, it's been huge relief and huge um, setting boundaries and speaking up for myself and, and letting those people be outside of my intimate circles, you know, that needed to be was a very monumental experience for me. And I think it is for anybody who deals with 
addiction or chronic um, mental illness or anything like that with certain individuals that you have to speak up at some point and stand up for yourself and forgiveness is a means of self-care in my opinion whereas guilt I, I feel is a more of a selfish experience and it doesn't really address the problem I think guilt is a uh, guilt or shame are both um, results of not forgiving. They become the uh, uh, byproduct of that. Um, but no, I, I think that's really important to uh, you know stress that the the empowerment you get from forgiveness is something that you never forget. So once you you are able to do that. You bring that forward as a tool in your life. It really empowers your life and you're able to drive your life in a direction that you desire because there's nothing that can stand in your way when you exercise true forgiveness. And that's why in the beginning I said forgiveness is binary. Either you do it or you don't. And, but when you do it, you darn well know that you've done it. Go ahead. I just, I just want to say that all of this is a journey and it's a process and it's the kind of thing too where I think you can't get into absolutisms in regards to forgiveness. I think it's important that you almost imagine that in some ways it's like an hourglass where the sand is basically coming out of it and you allow it. And, and when you feel that, that, you know, that you're not attached to it anymore and you're not triggered by certain people. Um, I know that, I mean, I know a lot of us are, you know, very high level in, in Mind Valley, but it's like, we don't have to like everybody. And some people trigger us and they still are going to. But when you find the person that triggers you and then you work your own process around it and then you forgive yourself for having judgment about somebody else, then from there, you see that person again and you're like, oh, cool, there they are. I'm not triggered. Yes, I just forgave myself and it's not a thing anymore. So it's just really, really honoring that process. There is the process of forgiveness, but the act of forgiveness is binary in my mind. Um, so you have the process up to the point that you, you forgive once you cross that point, you have forgiven. Um, but the process up to that, there's so many fabulous lessons you learn in that process about yourself in terms of your internal process and how you deal with these triggers and so forth. Cherry, welcome. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, what really hit me I, as I was going to sleep last night, I was meditating and, there, and it says, you know, what what do you have a uh, a goal and i said my goal is forgiveness but as i listened today i realized that in order for me to deal with forgiving other cer certain other people in my life that i have to start with forgiving myself mm -hmm. for being there to begin with or just dealing with all of my own personal forgiveness. And then I'm going to be in a space to forgive other people. And I am so grateful for this insight today. Thank you so much for being there. Uh, that's wonderful, Cherry. And uh, it's great to hear that it's, you're, you're able to bring that to, to your own practice. And I think that is very true that and it's like anything in life. If you don't love yourself, how can you expect others to love you? Uh, how can you expect uh, yourself to love others? So it's the same with forgiveness. If you don't forgive yourself, how can you expect yourself to forgive others? Um, I, th so, I, say, I think focusing on forgiving others is, is, is like a distraction so you don't have to deal with your own crap. Absolutely, because it's easier. It's easier to forgive others. And that's why I brought that up that, you know, we do forget, forget to forgive ourselves. And it, forgiving others becomes a coping mechanism in that respect, doesn't it, Terry? Yes. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I wanted to say something. Uh, forgiveness for me is just a source of information. So uh, Thanks to my information, I can forgive the certain things and people that don't have the information cannot forgive the things that they have. I see because I live in Poland and I'm coming from Macedonia and uh, uh, because like uh, it's a huge cultural difference, but most of all is openness to information. So uh, many times I was blamed here because I don't react to certain things, uh, which they see a reason to react. And in the end, it's always coming. How open are you to 
new things, how you can make a problem from certain things, or is just don't see a problem. And uh, if you don't have a problem, then you, you don't even need to for, forgive because you certainly don't have why to forgive. Everything is much easier. You have a huge distance. And uh, people, why it's easier to speak to people in Mind Valley for forgiveness, I think because they are more open to informations. And once you get the, the wiseness and the openness to accepting the world that we are all together, that we are all connected, that we have one aim, you don't even have anger, you just feel love. And that's something very strong and very powerful. And uh, the energy of children is something uh, that you mentioned before. It's certainly because they have more information even from us, which we block in a way where they grow up because they all the time forgive us. They don't have even anger. If they are angry to someone, they are angry to themselves. Uh, I, I was working for many years from children from orphanages and they uh, forgive them parents. Doesn't matter that they are in the orphan. They're angry to themselves. So that's personal work and openness to, to the source of information that we are all energy and that we are all love and that we can love ourselves is the strongest point for me. And it certainly helped me the most when I, I lost my mom uh, because I, I, I went more to appreciation than thinking what I could have if I had. And appreciating um, everything that you receive from someone instead of thinking what could be changed is uh, something that let you forgive totally freely, openly, and just love. Love the moment that you had, even if you're not together, as our, our friend was speaking before. Like for sure, they were beautiful moments if you were like a friend with someone. They, they were beautiful memories that you wanted to be with that person instead of like thinking what you lost. So if you focus on what, what was good, you can forgive and you can really easily let it go and just like focus on your life and make more love of more beautiful things. If you have embodied compassion and you have acceptance, then forgiveness comes quite easily, doesn't it? But is working up to, towards that point is a challenge for a lot of people, right? Uh, and I, I'm sure the the, uh, orphan, the orphans that you worked with that experience this anger towards themselves, they are going to have to go through that process of self-forgiveness. And they are going to be challenged by that. They're going to find it easy to forgive others because that's how they've survived, right? I found out uh, also in many years that the only difference that makes a sense for them is people. Like uh, it's not books, it's not uh, classes. It's just people which mm -hmm. give them love at some point. So we are the energy for ourselves. And like if we found a person that give us a, like a certain word that make us self-love, it's like very huge. I totally agree with that. And thank you very much for that input. That's very powerful. Thank you, Anna. Cool. Wow. Some powerful statements there. Powerful experiences. Thank you very much. Yes, sorry, sorry. I'm always listening. I'm not connecting because I have four children. <laughs> and they're all babies and they're all very small. It's usually allowed around me. So I just listen. Today, yeah, That's like you spoke so many things that went really close to my soul and my uh, my heart. So I wanted just to share. And I have Christmas today because I'm Orthodox. So right. it's a huge day for me. So well, happy Christmas. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. All the love to all of you and wonderful. Uh, all you too. You too. Well, I think we've uh, treated the, uh, the topic of forgiveness quite well today and uh, gone through a lot of different aspects. Uh, it's been a really powerful conversation today and I appreciate it from everybody. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day and wonderful week. And uh, hopefully I will see you next week again. Hope that you've come to, or at least come closer to the conclusion after this uh, chat, that uh, 
Forgiveness is a choice, and forgiveness is something that exists within you, and something, an internal process that you go through. So you don't need anybody outside to partake in the process, unless you, of course, choose to invite someone in that process. But the important thing is that you know that it's a choice, and that that choice is for your highest good. And not choosing to forgive is something that is detrimental to you and only you. So I'm hoping that we have, uh, through this discussion, helped you to come closer to that decision. If not, I'm sure that at some point you will uh, decide that it's time for you. And that time will be perfect when that happens. And if you're in a situation now where you are intrigued and you want to work on this further, as I said in the introduction, you're very welcome to contact us at thealchemyexperience.co.uk to find a time to sit down and uh, spend 30 minutes with us to explore how we might be able to help you explore these uh, concepts further and how they relate to your life and uh, your everyday living. So, hope to hear from you soon, uh, either through the alchemyexperience.co.uk or email me directly, christopher at thealchemyexperience.co.uk. Until next time, stay well. <laughs>